Hello, and welcome to First and Last Podcast. I'm Michelle. And I'm Satara, your hosts for an exciting journey into the world of real estate rentals. Each episode, we dive into everything you need to know about renting, offering top tips for both renters and landlords. We also have amazing conversations with special guests from all aspects of the rental world, keeping you informed and entertained. So join us for a practical and engaging journey into residential leasing. Gain valuable insights, expert advice, lots of laughs as we share our experiences and funny stories. Welcome to First and Last Podcast, where renting becomes a breeze. Let's get started. Hi, guys. We are really excited for today's discussion. Uh, In one of our previous episodes, we talked about wanting to become a landlord and we offered some amazing tips for success. But in today's episode, we want to talk about attracting or manifesting the right tenant with useful marketing tips as it relates to the type of rental property that you're offering. Yeah. And before we kind of get into actually the tips, I have a question for Michelle, and that's how do we determine what is the type of tenant that we're trying to attract or sell to? That is a fantastic question. So there are several things to consider before we even get into the marketing. Um, One of them is property type. So what's actually renting in your neighborhood? Do a little bit of research and find out, are there more condos or houses uh, that are renting? Um, What's more popular? Is it the studio apartments or maybe it's the two bedrooms? Um, What's the pace of the market? Are units renting quickly or is the the market a little bit stagnant right now? Um, Pricing. Are the properties renting over or under the listed price? So you can very easily get online right now. Um, for example, there's a website a website called thecondos.ca where you can look up condos in, in Toronto and view what the units leased for and what they were listed for. So you can see if it went over or under. Um, and you can even choose specific condo buildings. So you can get all of the, the stats from that property, for example. Now you want to compare, well, Now you know what's been moving in your area, right? Now, how does your rental compare to what's on the market? Is it better or worse in average in terms of what your place is offering, right? Maybe you're on a higher floor, for example, and the ones that have been moving are on a lower floor. Well, higher floor generally is more desirable, right? Um, Year over year, you want to look at stats year over year. Okay, maybe maybe this year is hot, but what are they predicting for next year? What happened last year? You got to look at the history and you got to look at the future. A little bit to say, okay, well, where where do I stand right now with my unit? Another important factor to consider is how does your place compare in terms of perks? So maybe you're going to offer utilities all included. That's a huge perk. Not a lot of landlords offer all utilities, heat, hydro, and water in the rent. Um, so that's definitely an advantage there if you choose to do that. Um, in-suite laundry is another perk proximity to transit schools, grocery shopping, restaurants, major highways. You've got to look at everything in your area to say, okay, well, how does mine compare? What do I have going on? Last but not least is urgency. Do you need to rent urgently? Or do you have the time to wait for the right tenant? And the reason why I bring this up is that'll determine your price. Because if you price too high, well, you might be sitting for a few months. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you price too low, well, you might get a thousand inquiries. And that's also a waste of time. So it's really important to get that sweet spot and also determine what is your sense of urgency. Now, by doing this preliminary research, you'll start to envision and almost manifest the renter that you're looking for, uh, the one that's exactly the one that's uh, searching in your area. 
Um, now consider who that is that ideal tenant. Mm -hmm. And now you want to tailor that marketing to meet their needs. And most importantly, remember, never mind the marketing. It's important to keep your property well-maintained and clean at all times as well, because that will attract the right tenant. Um, now, certainly hiring a realtor like myself, definitely an option. Um, realtors can manage the entire marketing process for you and the rental process. But however, let's consider for today's topic that you want to consider uh, or you'd prefer to take a crack at it by yourself, do a little DIY marketing. Uh, Sitara is going to get into the, the nitty gritty here and, and offer her top tips when it comes yeah. to marketing. Um, so my top tips are <clears throat> three tips, photos, listing your unit, and we're going to talk about a little bit about the data and the analytics. So in a previous episode, we actually talked about the importance of having high quality photos for your listings. And um, and it really does tell a story about your unit. High quality, it should showcase, you know, the features that you might have. So let's say you have a really nice washing machine, you want to showcase that, or you have, you know, beautiful big windows, renovated bathrooms, or maybe like some special outdoor space. So photos come in hand to tell a story about your unit and a funny story that I think about is once I saw a listing for a place and there was a person in the bedroom on the floor lying there I don't know if they realized that maybe someone came in and was taking photos and they thought I could hide so they're behind the bed <laughs> but there was a mirror so you could see them That's lying so beside funny. the bed yeah so yeah I mean, it's really important to keep in mind, like when you're taking the photos um, and it's best to probably do it when you don't have a tenant. So if the unit's empty, take your photos then. Yeah. This way you can keep using it um, as long as you don't, of course, make major changes to your unit. You can use it again and again. Um, but it does give, you know, the potential uh, tenant a, a kind of like incentive to come in and see the unit in person. And for me, and I and I think it's the hardest part about leasing a unit is having them come into the unit it's not right. just the leads because you're getting can have, them in yeah you can have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of leads but it's to translate those leads into actual bookings and viewings I find is the mm -hmm. hardest so if you have good photos and they look legitimate and they tell the right story great the last thing you want is like let's say your unit's 300 square feet and you have these like really crazy fish lens photos and the unit just looks ginormous right. you're kind of just telling a little bit in a way a lie because the unit you should you should really try to be as realistic as possible because the last thing you want misleading yeah the last thing you want is like those hundred viewings you know okay 50 of them show up and they stand in there saying wow this unit's really small mm -hmm. you know you it, want it's to not what i thought it doesn't look like the photos exactly and then i've heard that a lot not from myself but from other listings yeah. where they say well i went to see this property down the way and you know the photos look like this and when i showed up it wasn't even like that at all so exactly. right and it's kind of it's annoying for the prospect it is and it wastes almost everyone's time because you know at the end of the day they came out thinking the photo looks like this they're expecting this and then you have to then deal with all the inquiries scheduling the time out of your day and it doesn't turn out to be a qualified lead. So right. for me, it's taking high quality photos. You can still use your iPhone, whatever the case is, but don't use a potato. Like that's what they call it. Don't use a potato. 
to take a photo. That don't <laughs> never like, heard of that. You never that's the saying when you're is this a marketing is, term? Don't use no. a potato. And then the slang <laughs> is like, um, don't use a potato. Like your phone is such bad quality photos that it, it's a potato. Like it doesn't even take good photos. So don't use a potato okay. to take the photos. Never use a, you know, a new <laughs> iPhone yeah. or if you can hire somebody that professional real estate photographer it's different than portrait That's or right. you know wedding photography yeah. real estate in itself is a specialized industry so real estate and we're gonna have a whole other episode on real estate photography that'll be a fun one but I do have a question for you when it comes to before we move on I, I still want to stand photos because I get this question a lot and, and it's an issue I used to encounter, not anymore, but I want to hear your tips. When you're shooting a bathroom, how do you shoot a bathroom without shooting yourself in the mirror? See, it's a cute little three piece or a tight little bathroom. How do you get the whole bathroom in there without getting your face in the mirror? What are what are some tips you can offer? Um, to yes. So uh, we used to work with a photographer on my team. And um, so you angle yourself coming in at an angle at the doorway so that you come in slightly yes. where you can't see um, the doorway anymore and you're low enough that you're not on the mirror so, ah, so your head is sort angle. of under the vanity yes, a bit. under under the vanity a bit you're a little bit lower or just hold the camera or you don't have yeah. to squat down but just a little bit lower always at an angle yeah. tries to get as much as possible in the photo funny mm -hmm. enough though I have seen a listing where someone was standing in the tub on the like the edge like the yeah have a little ledge and they're just <laughs> standing like this you but can they see got their, themselves in it yeah. oh see their feet you can see their feet and yeah it was, it was to make so that they could get all the whole bathroom in and it kind of made the bathroom bigger but just kind of funny because they're perched up so high up and you can see yeah. that they're standing in the tub to get this photo um and I think like things like that just like try to get angles well, when is not in it What's your opinion of people taking photos top down, like try to, what's your opinion on that? I think angle down. A lot of the angle photos, you try to, you're trying to make it look a certain way. You're trying to get everything in. Um, I think just pick your best photos. So if you have a bathroom, pick one photo. People don't need to see four or five photos. So just do one photo. And that's usually, you don't need to show the toilet. Everyone needs to assume there's a toilet there unless it's a specialty bidet yeah. toilet, your sink right. and your tub or shower right. really is what you need to include. You don't need to have a 360 mm -hmm. in the bathroom. Um, a lot of no. the angles- Unless photos... it's a massive master suite bathroom and, yeah. and maybe you do need to take two shots, but it, because it's worth taking the two shots. Exactly. Then then do it, right? Exactly. Yeah. If it's but just if it's a like small a bathroom, small why bathroom, do you need several? You don't. You don't. Um, you almost don't even need a photo that you do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. And, and I think photos it's it is something that's like it's kind of people just like oh I'm just gonna take in quick 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 but you know you want to keep in mind the time of the day you know you want to do it during the day don't do it at night because it's gonna look dark everything's gonna look dark you're not really selling the feature of the yeah. home during the day yeah. um yeah make sure you're going during the day um, turn the lights on, turn whatever you need to open, open the windows, unless, you know, your view is bad or something, but mm -hmm. open the windows, you know, have that natural lighting in this way. You can kind of actually make it a little bit more warm versus cold. Um, and mm -hmm. 
it, it, it does make a difference if you take a photo at night versus the day. It doesn't look as good. Um, and it's just kind of trying to sell okay. the point of natural lighting. Everyone loves natural lighting in their home. Okay. I have a question for you, though. Let's say it is broad daylight and you're going to shoot your unit, but your unit doesn't really have that many windows. It's a basement unit mm -hmm. and it's a true basement. Okay. Um, so it's just naturally dark. What do you recommend for those landlords who are renting kind of these darkish basements? They may be really nicely done, but they're just dark. There's no natural light. What do they do? Um, I would turn to on showcase. all the lights. I would turn on all the lights, um, add additional lighting if you can, just depending like how tip. truly dark your place is. Can you add a couple lamps yourself? Like if it's not fully furnished or anything, add some lighting in there artificial lighting is fine as well you don't as long as it doesn't reflect dark like it's not actually dark and gloomy you can actually do a lot with um artificial lighting and making a place look nice and I think that's awesome it's important that people have to remember that like your place should look inviting <laughs> it doesn't look good and I mean it doesn't have yeah. to be renovated as long as it's just the aesthetic stuff the normal stuff that people kind of like you know your walls are clean and it looks well maintained and you know it doesn't look grungy or there's no like mold on the wall things like that like just keeping your place well maintained and looking nice like it's just you know a comfortable and healthy environment is really what it is um and I think you know photos just okay. is one part when it comes to marketing good photos right. get people interested to click your listing now, when you get right. into actual listing your unit, there are free listing platforms. And I think for landlords who have one, two, or however many units that you have, take advantage of those free platforms in your city. So each um, city might be different. So off the top of my head for like Toronto, let's say Facebook Marketplace, you have Kijiji. Um, I know some of the other... Um, platforms have changed from free to cost um, but you know take advantage of those free ones first list mm -hmm. on there and then you can kind of take a look at the leads that you're receiving and I know Michelle I think you've had in the past before received maybe hundreds of leads and they're not qualified yes I'm actually working on a, a listing right now and it's all through private rentals. It's a it's a family uh, property, um, so I've taken the liberty to put it on Facebook Marketplace, and I must have received a hundred and twenty inquiries in three days. In three days. Now that sounds great. Sounds like you have the pick of the litter. Um, you don't, because as you were saying, a lot of them are not qualified. A lot of them are like, "Hi, how are you?" Hi, is it available? Like, it's just, you know, a lot of these people could be bots. Maybe you can talk more about that or, or I don't want to say scams, but that's potential, right? Um, and you know, what's funny too, is I actually have the price higher than what I think market should be. And I'm still getting 120 inquiries. The market is hot here in Toronto, guys. Um, but maybe you can speak more about that. Like, why do I have 120 leads when I've put the rent really really high just to see where I'm testing the market why am I getting so many from marketplace yeah um I think a lot of times people aren't actually actively looking they're and what I mean by actively looking they're not mm -hmm. planning to move within the first the next one month or two months a lot of people 
are browsing. It's just like when you, you know, host open houses. Like my parents sometimes used to go to open houses for fun. I don't know if that's something that other parents do, but you know, they everyone does it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they weren't buying. They just wanted to right. look and see what was on the market. Like that's, I think, also kind of correlates when it comes to rental. People are just looking. They're just browsing. They're not actually truly invested in actually renting a place in the near future and I mean near future I mean one to two months you might have people who are interested now and the next thing they'll be like oh yeah I want to see the place and then they're gonna show up see the place and be like yeah I'm interested for next January so Mm. a lot of times it's people who truly just are not interested just in they're either scams or and I don't say all but you know you never know some people are you know scams or they are um just looking for fun or they're looking for the future or they've just gone on and they've just mass clicked a bunch of listings and they just want to see whoever gets back to them and there's no actual rhyme or reason for them you know contacting you um so I think that's the one thing is kind of figuring out which platform works for you so when you're listing because then you have to really pay attention once after you've listed on these free platforms kind of makes way to then paying for advertising you know mm-hmm. you go into free platforms and you see okay I have 120 from Facebook and I've gotten maybe two viewings I wouldn't say necessarily that Facebook is a good platform for you to use let's say you get Kijiji maybe you get 20 but you get five viewings so then you kind of get an idea maybe Kijiji works better for this property now, also something I've noticed is each property will work better on certain platforms. Kijiji might be mm. for more students, more for young individuals, whereas maybe Facebook Marketplace is more for families or people starting, you know, um, settling, you know, more than one person living together. Or then you have like MLS when you go through a realtor, which is a true family professional is well-established, you know, they kind of have an idea of how to because they have a realtor working with them navigate rentals so you kind of have to figure out where your property stands with these platforms and it's important because when you start paying you want to make sure you are paying to like actually getting results now when it comes to paying you want to make sure that you are keeping in mind these different analytics and I'm going to use some words I don't know if you know them Michelle CPC and CTR um CPC I should know this (laughs) I know there's a click-through rate Mm -hmm. CTR and CPC I can't remember yeah please educate us (laughs) CPC CPC is cost per clicks um I am a huge advocate when it comes to marketing and looking at your numbers. So a lot of people are like, oh, I got like 50,000 views or whatever crazy stuff. But at the end of the day, is that converting to actually what you want it to? So Mm. you want to make sure that your ads are working to your benefit. So when you're placing them on social media, you want to make sure you're breaking down the cost. So an example would be, let's say you did $50 for an ad. You get 150 emails. That means each of those emails are costing you 33 cents. That would be Mm. great if 
that's actually turning into a sale. So that was 120 people, let's say, Michelle, you put an ad, you got 120 leads. If that converted into a sale, great. That's working. Those 120 emails, great. But in the future, let's say you want to then list that unit again. And you know, because you've kept in mind, Facebook got you 120 leads. In the future, you're going to want to then maybe put ads again on Facebook. And the whole reason is you want to keep track of your data. Keep track of where your sales are coming from. If someone messages you and texts you, it's like, hey, I saw your ad. You want to ask them, hey, where did you see it? If you don't mind me asking, where did you find out? Where did you see or who told you about this? This way you get an idea. Is it, was it free? Was it maybe something that came yeah. from an ad? Sometimes people do that. They don't actually click through the ad. They just see the number and they're like, oh, I'm going to call this person. You're not actually logging in. Or email you directly. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're not actually truly logging in that converted sale. And that's right. Going back to the location. So now, you know, for this house, Facebook does well. I can close the deal. I'm going to do $10 ad. I'm going to get, you know, 50 immediately the first day 50 clicks great you know viewing Mm -hmm. set and then the unit is signed off and it kind of comes back to sometimes you might get some platforms let's say Kijiji you get 500 views doesn't necessarily mean it's better because again you can get a lot of views but a lot of those people are just looking browsing they looked at your ad maybe there's something they didn't like about it doesn't mean anything so that's sometimes a great way to indicate you kind of have to review your analytics review Mm -hmm. your ad in particular maybe there's something that you've written in there that people are not liking and then it comes back to pricing and I know Michelle you counter this you can have an ad be great but if Uh it's priced too high what happens the best photos nothing literally nothing yeah (laughs) you might get a someone inquiring and, and asking to negotiate before they can seeing, <laughs> um, but, but it really limits. And I'll tell you why, well, when, when you're, imagine you're a tenant, or even if you're searching for some classified item, I don't know, you want to buy, I don't know, you need to buy some used furniture on, on Facebook marketplace. There's, there's a range that you can put, like usually people will type in what they're looking for, like one bedroom apartment or a love seat and sofa, sofa, but mm-hmm. there's a price range right? And if generally a range is, you know, between A and B, and you're at like, you know, L and Q, or you're like, <laughs> completely off the rocker with your price, all those people who would be looking for this product or your unit are not even going to look at it because no. you're, you're priced right out, right? So, so yeah, you're right. Pricing, really, really important. That goes back to the prelim, the preliminary research to determine that. Yeah. Um, but I have a question for you, Sitara. Mm-hmm. Um, aging, when it comes to photos for rentals, when do you recommend that someone stage their unit? Should they hire a professional stager? Can they use their exi- existing furniture to stage or just forget about it? Have vacant photos for your unit? What, what's the best? Um, I found staging the best when it comes to units that are higher price points. So I'm talking about mm-hmm. like, I mean, this is, I mean, Toronto market's different now, but let's say three bedrooms and a big units that are going to have high house, maybe house, big price mm-hmm. tags, I would suggest staging. Cause then, you know, it's a different type of 
demographic that you're kind of leasing to and Mm -hmm. units are kind of like weirdly shaped or have like a quirky layout something that's like just a little oh, bit abnormal awkward layout awkward because a lot of times people stand yeah up and they're like where could I put my bed and it's like if you put a bed there and you're like oh I could put yeah. it like this and this works so it's kind of gives people an idea like they can envision themselves in the unit staging isn't necessary all the I'll time. give you an example of that you're right and it's not necessary it's it's helping the prospect or the renter just envision their stuff in the unit now if you're not able for example, to to stage an awkward unit. And I've been in the situation, actually, when we worked together, we had a, a very awkward main floor. I think it was like a junior one bedroom where it was almost like a bowling alley, this room. And there was a built-in closet. It was super awkward. How do you fit a bed in there? Is it physically possible? It is based on the dimensions of the bedroom. But you, when you're in the room, you're like, how do I fit a bed in here? How do I do it? At the time, we didn't have the budget to do full-on staging for a junior one bedroom, but the unit was sitting. So Mm -hmm. what did we do? We got clever and I went down, I measured out the size of a queen bed, a double bed and a king bed with tape. And I Mm. legitimately tape where your bed would be to give a feel. Now these weren't in the marketing photos, but at least when the prospect came in, they said, oh, okay, I can fit a queen in here. I can fit a double a little ghetto. I wouldn't highly recommend it, but desperate times, desperate measure, measures, and it got rented. <laughs> Bottom line. Yeah, I think that definitely helps with those difficult units. And that's how I want to say it's like difficult units are the ones that you would tend to stage and really take the time to yeah. help people envision how they would live in there. Um, now to kind of go back into the advertising, let's say you've listed that really quirky unit and you're like, I'm going to put throw money on the advertising of this. I've staged it. I got great okay. photos. I'm going to throw money on it. And I think my- you have money to burn. You're, yeah. You're okay. Burning money. My <laughs> thing is, start the ads, a lot of these ads, you mm-hmm. can pause. And please, and I've seen this so many with not just, oh. not just with landlords, but small businesses too. It's if you see your ad is running two days and you've gotten like zero clicks and that money is just burning, mm. please pause that ad. You need to yeah. re-evaluate what your settings are on that app. Maybe you've set something as like people who have, you know, interests in uh, real estate or something crazy like that. People who live in Canada, like you're, you've, you've like removed people who lived in Canada and this is why no one's clicking on your ads. It's really important when your advertising goes out and mistakes happen, watch it. Watch the data live to see is it actually working because that quirky unit that you've paid money to get those great photos, to pay for that staging, and now Mm -hmm. you've spent like another $200 on advertising is not going and it's sitting empty. Mm. So it's like you need to really then pay attention to what your advertising is, whether it's the pricing whether it's the platforms or the advertising, you need to reevaluate that. So Michelle, I actually had a question. From the time that you get a lead, how long does it take for mm-hmm. you to sign that tenant on average? When you say sign, like have them sign on as a as a tenant? Yeah, like sign oh. the lease. It really did. Well, it depends because I you don't always necessarily go with the first 
prospect or lead, right? So that process, it really depends. And, and when I say that, because it depends on the price. So if you're priced to, to, to lease, then you're going to get a ton of inquiries. And then you're going to have to go through the process of scheduling the showings. And that's a whole process in itself, right? Because you mm -hmm. ideally want to pre-qualify a little bit, make sure that the people coming to see the unit, and we talked about this in a previous episode, are actually looking for the unit for the time frame you want to rent it for. That's like number one. Otherwise, what's the point of showing it, right? Are, do, are they aware of what's included and what's not included? So there's that whole process of making sure before you even book the showing that these people are somewhat suitable to come and even see the unit. And then from there, you're showing the unit and it, maybe they don't love it at all. Okay, well now they're gone. Like they don't like it. Okay, then you're left with who does like it. Okay, now you have this pool of people who may like it, kind of interested, maybe some more than others. Um, you got to send them the application and then they've got to provide all the documents to you. So that, that process takes long depending on the tenant that's applying because some people are really hyper organized love them mm, yeah I can't you know, like I just people who are, have their stuff together get it together tenants um, <laughs> when you have your stuff together you present yourself better to a landlord I have to be honest with you or there's some that you know maybe you don't have a ton of people inquiring and mm -hmm. there's only a couple and everyone's just dragging their feet and a mm -hmm. bunch of excuses uh, my employment letters on oh yeah so and so's on and I don't know how to run a credit check uh multitude of questions come up right and that could take sometimes up to a week sometimes mm -hmm. longer I've been in those situations too and if you don't have anyone better well now you're kind of like sitting and waiting and helping right it's just the name of the game it is what it is. So when you ask me how long does the process take, I've done uh, lease deals, rental deals in less than 24 hours from the time mm. the person has seen the apartment to getting the deposit to getting the paperwork processed and calling all the references and da 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 da, da and the lease signed and get the keys tomorrow, 24 hours or less. And I've done deals where it's taken, you know, two, three weeks for everything to complete. Like there's so many checkpoints along the way. Right. Um, so it really depends. It depends on the tenant. It depends on the landlord. It depends on expectations and time frame, like when people need to move. Yeah, for sure. So many factors. Yeah. Yeah. Ideal situation as soon as possible. <laughs> Obviously. Um, okay. So I so, wanted mm -hmm. to um, recap my marketing tips that we've had and you know top three is photos second yeah. one is um listing your unit and then third is then looking at the data um michelle really gave us a lot of tips and info on how to determine what is your right tenant who are you trying to sell to and i think that's really important that we understand when it comes to listing your unit or your place or your home, who is the demographic in that area? Who are you trying to sell to? This way it gives you a better understanding how to list that unit, what photos to have, and then what information to also put in your listing. That's really important at the end of the day. And that helps you then hopefully get your unit, you know, signed 24 hours <laughs> If you're with Michelle, maybe. <laughs> with me. <laughs> um, hopefully within 24 hours if you need it. Um, yeah. you know, get that unit listed. 
That's right. And these are amazing tips that Sitara provided um, to help get you the right tenant, right? Anyone can get a tenant into the unit. It's getting the right tenant. And step one is presenting your unit in the best way possible at the right price. Okay. That will attract the right tenant. Um, just to give you an example, if your unit is dirty and you say, oh, well, I'll clean it before the tenant moves in. Well, you don't have a tenant. You won't have a tenant. Mm -hmm. And if you do get a tenant who is accepting of the condition it's currently in, how do you think that tenant's going to be when they live in your unit? If mm -hmm. you don't respect your unit and keep it clean, do you think the tenant will? This is something I always keep in mind when I advise my my landlord clients like I get it you will clean it but do it now because yeah. it makes a world of a difference with the type of renter you're going to get through that unit it's so simple too and inexpensive um really. so yeah that's my last little tip of the day when it comes to cleaning and getting things ready for the marketing yeah but thank you Satara for the amazing tips and thanks for everyone for tuning in today um Tara gave us some valuable insights into real estate marketing. And if you're a landlord, these tips can be a complete game changer for you guys when renting your property out. So happy renting. Remember, everyone's situation varies. So attracting that right tenant relies on effective marketing, timing, and it, it is a little bit of luck. You can do DIY as well. It's rewarding and cost saving, but it's also really important to consider seeking you know help when it comes to tech skills creative marketing you can ask a friend family member or even an experienced realtor for assistance like michelle hi <laughs> that's right and thank you guys thank you to all the listeners as always if you have questions or you need advice with renting your property or finding a place you can reach out to myself uh, or I can recommend a leasing specialist in your area. Uh, and for advice on marketing, all things related to marketing, social media, and even home staging, feel free to contact Sitara. Uh, also, we have some important resources and links in our contacts linked up below. So definitely check those out and join us on our next podcast where we'll share other valuable tips and practices to improve your experience uh, as a landlord or a tenant. So stay tuned. This podcast is for educational purposes only and is not intended to replace professional legal advice. We are not responsible for any losses, damages, or liabilities that may arise from the use of this podcast. The views expressed in this podcast may not be those of the host or the management. This podcast is solely for entertainment purposes. Please consult a licensed professional.